It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now, it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. Okay, hello, and uh, I'm Adam Ritz. It's the Adam Ritz Show. We are on the campus of the University of Toledo, broadcasting live today in front of this live studio audience. Hello, gentlemen. All right, wow. A lot of excitement, a lot of energy in the room here. With the Toledo Rockets, the football squad, we are here to honor a few of you gentlemen for your uh, character, your academics. With the Caught in the Act Awards, we travel the country, uh, and we're proud to work with the Caught in the Act Awards to highlight uh, not only the student-athletes that perform well on the field, but off. And today's winners, we have two of them, so let's have a round of applause for Jeremiah Detmer and Alvin Fletcher. Come on down. You here? Alvin? Jeremiah? Come on down. All right. They love you. They love you, Fletch. Alvin Fletcher, hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing great, and Jeremiah, hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm fine. Now, you guys are being honored for uh, last semester having 4.0s. That's worth another round of applause. 4.0. So, so Alvin, uh, real quick, what's your position? Uh, middle linebacker. Middle linebacker, and what is your uh, major? A uh, business. Business major, and uh, talk about some of your work ethics off the field to carry a 4.0. I mean, I just always try to get my work done. You know, teachers assign work, go to class, sit in the front row. And just pay attention, do the work, basically. Sit in the front row. That's the hardest thing to do. You guys like to sit in the front row or the back? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jeremiah Detmer, 4.0. Uh, how do you do it? Uh, I don't know. I work hard. Um, go to class. Like you said, sit in the front row. I don't know. Just do all my work. How much of it is uh, you, you just get it? They put a problem on the board, you understand it. Or do you have to work just extra hard to make sure you get that 4.0? Yeah, I, mean, I guess you got you to put in the extra work, just like anything, to be successful. So. Okay, well, between the three of us, we're averaging about a 2.9. I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. Uh, let's have another round of applause for Jeremiah and Alvin here at the University of Toledo. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social, technically. And The Adam Ritz Show rolls on from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. I'm on the campus of Southern Miss in the Conference USA. And uh, we're here with Director of Football Operations, John Carr. Hi, John. How are you? Doing good, Adam. Thanks for having me on campus. I love uh, the stadium, uh, the new turf. Uh, you've got uh, a new head coach. Things are exciting here in Hattiesburg. Uh, everybody knows Brett Favre played here. That's a big name. And I didn't know until I got here and saw your names around the ring of the stadium, Ray Guy played here, one of the best punters, if not the best punter of all time. 
It is. You know, there's a great tradition here at Southern Miss. Uh, a lot of great players. A lot of uh, a lot of great traditions here, and playing at the Rock. And and I tell you, it's a new staff. It's a new beginning, and there's a lot of excitement surrounding this foot, first uh, football season for Coach Todd Munkin and our guys. So uh, August 31st, a big date for us as we host Texas State, and and we appreciate you coming on campus and and giving your input to uh, to our players tonight. John, I wanted to ask you about character uh, and community service from a student athlete perspective, because you've got a a unique perspective to bring to our show because you worked for years in the high school level as both a head football coach and the athletic director, uh, and now you are in the college ranks, Division One college football, the director of football ops for Southern Miss. Um, what can you bring to the table? And again, our listeners in the Social Awareness Radio Show, we're, we're not athletes, but uh, you know, sports emulates real life, and we can learn from sports. How important is that service angle, community service, character when it comes to uh, a student-athlete from your perspective? Oh, it's very important. And, and just like you mentioned, me being at the high school level and us trying to, to get that foundation early on when they're 13, 14 years old and entering, and, and hopefully they got good upbringing at home, but also as a high school coach, your, your job is to not only help nurture them along in, in athletics, but more along the lines of, of being young men and, and good qualities and how to treat women and also how to take care of your bodies and take care of yourself to where you can be good, prosperous, Adults in your community, and so now here at the college level, you see a lot of that hard work pay off. And I, I look back and I see kids now in our football team, and you and you can see that their high school coaches or their parents made a big difference because now they're not here with them. They have to get up on their own. They have to go to class. They have to have structure. They have to have show self discipline, and hopefully those lessons they learned at that level can carry over now into the college culture. He's John Carr, Director of Football Operations at Southern Miss. Uh, you were telling me before that you've actually coached a lot of people in high school that went on to the NFL. Um, those success stories are awesome that a lot of people know about since we're football fans and fans of the NFL. Some of the stories that we might not know about are the kid with just as much talent that had a character issue or made a mistake in high school that didn't get that college scholarship. Now, I'm not asking you to call out any specific names, but were there people, student-athletes over the course of your tenure at the high school level, that had as much talent as those NFL guys that just blew it because of their off-the-field decisions? Absolutely. I, I, it's probably not a high school coach in America that don't have a story of, of someone they coached that had God-given ability and, and certainly had the drive to do outstanding things and could have used football as a vehicle to get to college and to pay for their education that made a mistake that uh, uh, and never got that opportunity and and I can think of three or four right offhand over the last several years that opportunities were there for them and they made some some drastic poor decisions that affected the rest of their life and and you hope that they're able to learn from it rebound and get second chances but uh, you know that's that's what's a shame and then uh, you look back and, and you're also most proud of the guys that were able to handle their business that did, did do things the right way that were uh, that, that kept pressing on, that kept working hard, and, and uh, were able to go on and, and, and get a degree or get a diploma or start a family and do things the right way. So there's definitely certain uh, each end of the spectrums, and you just hope that you're able to touch kids and, and, and bring the message, and hopefully if you can uh, do like you did and be able to change at least one person in that room, then you've made a, uh, that's, that, that visit a success. John Carr is our guest. He's with the football team here at Southern Miss, and uh, you've worked for years uh, I was almost going to say decades, but you're not that old. Worked for years at the high school level as both uh, the head football coach and an athletic director at your high school that you just came from. You're just starting here at Southern Miss, so congratulations on your job here. I wanted to ask you about community service at the high school level. You know, we always hear about how admissions offices look 
to your extracurricular activities and your community service. It's not just about your GPA. What's your take on that? Is that true? Is that an old wives' tale? Should everybody go out and start a car wash and sell lemonade for cancer? I mean, how much community service does the average senior in high school need? Well, I think it just, the big thing is I think those those seniors need to get out and, and they need to make sure that the public sees them doing an event that can help their community and also instill a value in them to go out and help others. And I think uh, we did it at the high school I was at, whether it's uh, football players help referee in YMCA games or whether it's uh, pick, picking a, a section of the highway there to keep to keep clean and knowing you putting your stamp on it and your name on it that, hey, the football team at Washington High School is going to, sec- going to take away this section of the road and make sure it's clean at all times. Whatever it is, you need to give back to those people that are giving you so much and also instill a sense of pride in taking care of your business. Uh, and, I, and I think that you can never do too much to, to show thanks uh, for your community, and I think that's something you need to instill in young people at an early age. Well, John, thanks for your time. I want it before we let you go. We're out. We're actually on the uh, we're on the north end zone of the stadium right now at Southern Miss, and uh, you might be able to hear in the background the work that's going on. They're updating the stadium. The, the scoreboard is going to be new. I, I know you had a, a tornado here in the last several months, um, so we like to see the the campus coming back strong. You are sort of a new face on campus as director of football operations. What is your favorite part of Southern Miss? Oh, I think the people. I mean, uh, the people is what makes the place. And Hattiesburg uh, got here June 1st, and uh, it, the, the response has been overwhelming to our staff and all the new people on board with our football program. But more, more than anything is just how many people have come by and wished wells, whether it's phone calls, emails, uh, invites to certain functions at country clubs. And just to get to know the people of Hattiesburg, they're hungry to win. Uh, they're hungry for uh, football season to get started. And, and uh, it's just great Southern hospitality here, and everybody loves their football. And so we're ready to get ready for a good season. Does Brett Favre stop by? He has came by. I didn't get an opportunity to meet him when he did come by, but I know he's eager to get started, and I know Southern Miss, is, he holds it dearly to his heart, and he coaches right up here at Oak Grove High School, which is right up the road. And so we're looking forward to him being back a part of our program and, and uh, so many others that are part, such as Ray Guy you mentioned earlier. I have met Ray. He stopped by. And uh, there's so many people that are fans of, of Southern Miss football in Hattiesburg. And, and uh, you know, our goal is to get uh, Southern Miss back and winning championships at the Conference USA level and, and ultimately get to a BCS Bowl. So uh, we're looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, we, we hit the ground running just a few days ago as practice started, and we're looking forward to August 31st in our home opener. The University of Southern Mississippi, it's Southern Miss, the Golden Eagles. He's John Carr, the Director of Football Operations. Thank you, John, so much for joining us. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate us having us on. Fellowship, leadership, and philanthropy. Conversations and interviews from all over America. It's the Adam Ritz Show. The Adam Ritz Show pushes on with our next guest, Robbie Kendall, host of The Robbie Kendall Show. Hey, Robert, how are you? Adam, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Is it The Robbie Kendall Show? Well, it's whatever stage name I'm using at the time. Rob Kendall Show would suffice. It's the Mr. Kendall Show. That's right. And uh, as host, we bring you on uh, our broadcast uh, to talk about some recent headlines that we've seen come across the newswire within the realm of social awareness. We talk a lot about uh, decision-making and responsibility, drinking, addiction, and drugs. And a couple stories have popped up uh, from college campuses across America that have just piqued my interest. I just wanted to get your thoughts on these stories. One out of uh, Iowa, uh, a young woman named Samantha Lynn Goody, which is a great last name, Goody. Anytime you got three names in the story. Yeah, well, she didn't murder anybody. Well, I was no, gonna say, she's, she's, she's not a mass murderer. You've done something <laughs> infamous if you have three names in the story. Samantha Goody... Uh, was arrested recently at an Iowa Hawkeyes football game. 
And I guess I should mention the Iowa Hawkeyes uh, recently have been, I, I'm pretty sure they're number one in America, the number one party school in America. The Princeton Review ranks the top 20. Iowa? Iowa, yeah. And Not if, like Florida or well, Miami? I think Florida might be like number 12. Um, there's some surprises in there. IU is in there uh, at number 16. West Virginia is always in there. Georgia and Athens. Um, a big surprise for me is DePaul, DePaul University in uh, Illinois. No, from Greencastle, oh, Indiana. From DePaul, not DePaul, DePaul okay. is one of the top party schools in America. Now, uh, side note on how they pick the top party schools in America. It's not just about, uh, what you remember about drunk fun colleges. <laughs> it's not about tailgating. It's not about toga parties, right? It's also about hospital reports, um, stomach pumps, uh, alcohol poisonings. It's about police reports and drug arrests. How many drug uh, arrests or alcohol-related arrests per capita per student body? So a lot of these campuses aren't really that proud to be one of the top party schools in America because if you're a father and you want to find a safe campus for your daughter to go to, right. maybe you don't want to send her to the place that has the most stomach pumps <laughs> well, here, in America. Uh, you know, and I'm looking for a new career when my political time is is done. So I'm thinking maybe rep analyst, reporter for the top party uh, college party schools in well, America would be perfect for it, me. And if it gets too crazy for you, they also do the top 20 sober schools in America. How would you like to be on that list? And well, the graduates of these programs will all be millionaires yeah, by they, age 35. I was going to say they're getting the jobs. They're the people telling me what to do. You think they're, they're boring campuses and Hey, I welcome boredom. If that means I'm going to be a millionaire by age 35, some of the schools on the top 20 sober list included, uh, Caltech, <laughs> And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I saw the list recently, and that's the only school I remember, Caltech, because that's the the school in the movie um, uh, Tron, the remake of Tron. Right. That's where he went. Um, Jeff Bridges went to Caltech. That's why he's so smart. He's a computer programmer, right? right? Um, so Caltech's on the top 20 sober schools. And the other 19 were schools I had never even heard of. And maybe so that's why you've never heard of them. They're really smart. No one's getting their schools. stomach pumped. Nobody drinks. Everybody's there to, to the study. The, the only issue is no. if you get hit in the head with a book or something. Yeah, yeah there's no stomach pumping there. There's we did a, not go to schools like that. There's a lot of migraine headaches, <laughs> yeah. and that's it. Although you are a Purdue man, so you did go to a very academically oriented. Uh, Purdue was good, and it was uh, you know it was middle of the road. It was uh, there were a lot of sober people there, and a lot of big parties there too. And and I, as a uh, person with an IU diploma on my wall, I I I'm proud they're still in the top sixteen. They're in the top sixteen. So in the in the world of top twenty party schools, keep it in the Big Ten. Let's go to uh, Iowa City and the University of Iowa at a recent football game, actually the, the opener for the Iowa Hawkeyes, um, a student, an undergrad, with three names, with three, three names, Samantha Lynn Goody. She wanders onto the field during the game, during the game. And, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase the story. I did read it. Now, if she didn't wander onto the field, she was trying to break into the game. Somehow she was trying to get past security. Right. So I don't know if that means she was trying to get past the gate without a ticket or if she was trying to get past security and get on the field. And she gets arrested for public intox. And that is not that scandalous. It's not that big of a deal on a college campus for a college kid to be arrested for public intox. Right. But public intox means you're intoxicated in public. That means you could just have a couple of beers. Beer on your breath and you're acting like a jerk. That's right. public intox. You could have you could blow a point oh eight, you could be a point two, that's pretty drunk. Right. Samantha Lynn Goody blew a point three four one. How much? Point three four one. And then Three, four, one. And I would imagine the legal limit in Iowa is like Indiana, where it's point oh eight. I don't know what that is. Well, the media, I, in my head anyway, they they mistakenly say when somebody gets arrested and they're not driving, 
if they get arrested at a point one eight, the media will say he was almost twice the legal limit. Right. But they don't say twice the legal limit to drive. Right. They just say twice the legal limit. So perception versus reality. Sure. That sounds like, wow, you were twice as drunk as as the legal limit was, so you must have been almost on a murderous rampage. Well, point one eight. I'm not telling you that's not sober. Or right. That's not drunk. That's nothing to be proud of. But it's not like you're. Yeah. You know. But if you to start if, standing if you've on got a, a a digit that's crooked after the point, you've had a lot of alcohol. If if it's point three anything, you they say point four is dead. And really. There's, there's only been a few documented cases of somebody over a point four. Wow. That, that's lived. Uh, so she's a point three four one. She gets arrested. Okay, that's not the end of the story, and that's not why I even brought this up. It's how she handled this from that point forward. Well, and we also got a, her phrase, she was probably not handling it. Some variation of her mental state was handling this. If you are a point three four, If you're a point three four one, and, and again, college football, this is at noon. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a night game, okay? This was not the middle of the night. It's not after a, a, a party. This and we, is in the middle of the day. And we've had that fo- college football experience where you go to the game, you have a few drinks outside, uh, you know, you, you're feeling good when you go in. She must have started drinking six in the morning? Well, excessively? One of the reasons I bring this story up is because some of the times we talk about um, social awareness and social responsibility and how that looks on on your character and and down the road for you if you want to get a job. Right. And, uh, you know, you have your own radio show, The Robbie Kendall Show. I I have a small media company myself. I'm going to start hiring people. And when I get her resume, there's no chance I'm going to even give her the interview, let alone the job. Based on this story, and it's not because of the point three four one, right? It's because of her behavior afterwards. Uh, she tweeted after she was released from jail about how proud it was a badge of honor for her. She was so proud to be a point three four one. She went on and on and on on Twitter about how awesome it was. She was a point three four one. Her Twitter handle, her Twitter name is at vodka underscore Sam. <laughs> at vo- that's in her Twitter name. Even if she never got arrested, even if she. I never heard of her. If she applies for a job in my company, and I'm like, I'm going to check her out, make sure she doesn't have a criminal background. That's right. fine. She, she's never been arrested. Let me go check out her her Facebook and Twitter. If I see her name is at vodka, right. that's not really anything. I'm you know what? There's too many. There's too much competition. There's too many other students out there with a resume that don't have vodka in their name that I can hire. I mean, that's that's a solid indication of who you are. If you've got the name vodka and then your name, although she is very cute. And all of her, now I shouldn't say all, this is unfair to her, but a lot of her posts and pictures on her digital properties, Facebook and Twitter, are her holding vodka bottles. Now, did you actually go to her face, her Twitter feed and check this out? Uh, I feel like I, I should do you this. You know what? As- I didn't have to because all her tweets were listed in several national news sources. <sighs> so now she's a household name because of uh, the broadcast nature of social media. When you tweet something, it is broadcast. Right. Vodka underscore Sam. At vodka underscore Sam. Right. Uh, oh, here we go. She allegedly tried to jump onto the field during the Northern Illinois-Iowa game in Iowa City uh, during the opener. And then she blew a, a .341. Well, you just raised a good point, Adam, which is there's so many kids. And 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 I was out of college by the time Twitter kind of became big. But you think about um, Facebook was big when I was in, in college. It still is. These kids, 10 years from now, these things they're doing... How is it going to come back to haunt them? You know, when you're an idiot college kid, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. But 10 years from now, how does that impact your ability to get a, a job or the quality of job you obtain? Well, I call it the tiebreaker. 
Uh, I do a lot of social media consultancy with colleges and, and a lot of athletic departments, and it's the ultimate tiebreaker. Now, this young woman, her life is not over. It's not that big a deal. It's going to be a funny, drunk college story for her and her friends the rest of her life. Uh, most people that read this story a few days ago already forgot about it. Right. However, there will, and I guarantee you, there will in the next 60 years of her life be some sort of situation where uh, there's an opportunity between her and somebody else. It's down to the two of them. And this will be the tiebreaker. They will have the exact same skill set right. and the same qualifications for whatever opportunity that is, whether it's the CEO of a company or to be the president of the PTO at their kid's school. Right. There's going to be an opportunity she wants that she'll miss out on because this will be the tiebreaker. And the person deciding her fate isn't going to say she's a horrible person. Look at this point three, four, one she had 15 years ago in college. They're just going to say that, that there's no other way we can decide who's going to get this job other than flip a coin. I feel like, though, if your Twitter handle is vodka underscore anything, you're not going to make it another 60 years. You, you should have already by now had a friend, an aunt, a professor, somebody say, right. hey, I saw your tweet the other day. Change your Twitter name yeah. because there's nobody that's going to hire you right. with, with at vodka whatever, you know, yeah. at vodka dash Robbie Kendall. Uh, I think, <laughs> that's, I'm not I'm not on your show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, here we go. Where was, uh, I just, I had the tweets here. I just loaded them. You got to, let me read you some of her tweets. And isn't it interesting as you're loading those up, we live in a world where now it's all captured. It's all, you know what? It's broadcast. It's all there forever. Yeah. It's, it's permanent. It's out there forever. So she gets released from jail. She writes, just went to jail. Hashtag YOLO. <laughs> well, you got to love that. She's she, YOLO. Hashtag uh, YOLO. Blue a point three four one in jail. This is her tweet. She wrote this. I feel like this girl, uh, somebody should pat her on the back though for not dying, blowing a three four one. She's lucky she's not dead. That's what I'm saying. I'm going. Here's her. Here's her third tweet. I'm going to get point three four one tattooed on me because it's so epic. Does she not understand? Does she not get? She she's at at least eighteen years old if she's in college. Right. She might be twenty one or twenty two. Right. A, a, a twenty. Let's cut the difference. A twenty year old adult has to know. You can't take this kind of thing and react so flippantly and make a, a nonchalant, no big deal comment like that. But it goes back to the culture, which says, and we saw, and I, we had talked about it earlier today. Uh, that's a nice photo of her there. She looks very enthusiastic. Was that taken when she was at her three point three four one status? If you just Google the story, and all you need to Google is Iowa drunk point three four one, and you'll find all of this information. There's pictures of her with her middle fingers extended and. Uh, there, there's a weird disconnect between, uh, this generation and their social media and how they just, they're just not connecting the dots. And one of my theories is it's the, it's just the way they communicate, right? It's how they communicate. You know, when I was her age, uh, I would have, um, if I would have blown a 0.341 and just got arrested when I got released from jail, I probably would have told that story to at least five dozen people and it would have got funnier every time. Right. <laughs> That's how you are when you're a right. 20 year old idiot. Right. Uh, and you embellish or whatever. Well now with digital capabilities, right. you don't have to tell that story ever to anybody because you only have to tell it once through your digital channel. Right. You tweet. This is so great. This is so funny. This is so epic. Right. And my stories from when I was 20 years old in 1990, they're gone. They right. evaporated as soon as people forgot them. Right. This girl's story is permanent, it's digital, forever. Yep. And that's what this generation needs to understand. And that's why me, all my friends and I thank 
the good Lord, that we're not 20 years old right now. Right. I, I'm so glad I was born in 1970 and missed all this. Yeah. And, and, well, and you just hit the nail on the head, which is, you know, other than maybe you have a police report somewhere buried in some, some, uh, you know, Iowa uh, County jail somewhere, you know, there is no record of that if you did it 40 years ago. Now, or even 20 years ago. Now, that girl, yeah, but she doesn't care about that right now. She doesn't, and she's still in that, uh, she's in a defensive non-accountability mode, right. you know, up yours, screw you, right. I'll do what I want, I'm 20, I'm 21, it's epic, I'm drunk, it's a, it's a big party school. You know, that's great and all, but there, again, will be a tiebreaker situation where she's going to miss out on an opportunity uh, because of how the 21-year-old version of herself handled this situation uh, when she could have had a little more grace, learned her lesson, stayed off Twitter completely. Right. She's not a famous professional person. Right. She's not Miley Cyrus or a professional athlete. She doesn't have to apologize. She doesn't have to say, I'm so sorry to my parents for my behavior. No. Right. Just forget it ever happened. Learn your lesson. Move on. Once this show airs, I suppose I should tweet at her that we have talked about her, and maybe she will take our lessons to heart. Well, when this show airs, this will be the 9,000th show that has talked about her. Um, I would assume most broadcasts have made fun of her. Right. That's not why I brought her on. I didn't want to make fun of her. Um, God bless her. I hope she learns her lesson. The reason we are bringing her on to talk about her is to, from a social awareness point of view, right. we've got to, you know, and, and I need to learn from her. I'm 43. That doesn't mean I have Twitter. Right. I, I love Twitter. And that doesn't mean I could make some social mistake and the next day tweet about it flippantly, not thinking about the consequences. I, I'm reminded of, of my Twitter responsibility from her in this story. Right, because there's no drunk tweeting here. She's sober when she's making those tweets. You're well, no longer the point. Uh, well, I don't, if you're point three four one, you're drunk for a couple of weeks. She might have. <laughs> she might still be drunk. Our guest is Robbie Kendall, and I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, let's talk about your show real quick. It's the Robbie Kendall Show. How can our listeners find it? Yeah, you can find it. It airs on the indianatalks.com uh, radio network. It airs live uh, Wednesdays at 3. We replay it at 9, and then it's podcast. So if you just head out to indianatalks.com, uh, you can check it out right there. Um, totally totally free of charge. It's free to listen to Indiana Talks, free to download. And Adam is actually my guest uh, this week. Fantastic. And your Twitter is? Uh, at Rob M. Kendall. At Rob M. Kendall. K-E-N-D-A-L-L. See, that's the radio professional, and you spelling that out so people would know. you got to get the spelling out you there. Got, and that's very uh, very professional of you. Robert, thank you so much for coming on. You're a blast, Adam. Thanks for everything, buddy. Anytime you want to come on, I'd love to have you back. Hi, I'm Luke Christie, the National Youth Chairman for the Muscular Dystrophy Association. For more information and to make a donation to MDA, please visit us online at mda.org. And now, back to the Adam Ritt Show. All right. Thank you so much for that round of applause. We are on campus today at Tulane to honor a student organization for their work that they do with cystic fibrosis. We bring on the show now Kobe. Hi, Kobe. How are you? Doing very well. Thank you. What is it that you uh, do? I heard uh, this philanthropy that you're part of, that you actually started this. This is impressive. I want to hear all about this. What is it? Uh, so my sister Emily has cystic fibrosis, which is a life-threatening progressive lung disease. Um, she has 35% lung function, and as I've gotten older, it's become clear to me that I need to do everything in my power to help her. So 15 months ago, I launched a video um, kind of just explaining my sister's daily challenges and all that she's done despite those challenges. She 
does three to four hours of treatment a day, takes over 30 pills. Uh, and despite all that, she graduated from Penn with honors. She works full time. She's getting a master's. So we launched this video, and within one week, we raised over $40,000. Um, and that's when I realized that we were kind of onto something big. So we brought it to Tulane. Um, last spring, we held a fundraiser. We sold tank tops. We ended up selling over 1,100 tank tops, which is a one in seven uh, Tulane students. So the tank top was a ticket to our party. We really tried to appeal to a college audience, and it was a huge success. We raised over $13,000. Um, so we're doing the same thing here this semester, <clears throat> and that this concept, this model has spread now to five other college campuses. Uh, it's really starting to take off. We've raised a half of a million dollars in 15 months now. Holy cow. Let's have a round of applause for that half a million. Holy cow. That is unbelievably impressive that you took it upon yourself to uh, get involved with like that, uh, get involved with this. And, and it's spreading. It's, it's going national. So it's not just here at Tulane. It's, uh, what are the other five campuses? Uh, we're on NYU. We're actually uh, involved in the Greek Week at Michigan, which could be another uh, twenty to $25,000, Arizona, and uh, Delaware. That's, that's yeah. fantastic. Well, I speak to a lot of college audiences, and I'd be happy to spread the message uh, coast to coast about Emily's entourage. Um, what are the digital properties? A Facebook page, maybe? Yeah, we're on Facebook. What we do is we sell the tank tops, and people take a picture of themselves uh, in an iconic location or in a goofy pose, throw it up on the page. We actually just got one from the Taj Mahal a couple of days ago. Cool. Uh, yeah, so it's been very cool. Well, let me tell you, too, that uh, as a spokesperson, you did a fantastic job, I mean, explaining this. You, you need to have your own radio show, and I need to be on your show. <laughs> Thank you very much. The last thing I just want to stress is that it's, <laughs> it's because of the support of like, college students, um, understanding what it's like being on a college campus. And we have this inherent power that we can come together and truly make a difference. Um, SAE held a powder puff for Emily's Entourage last spring. They're doing it again this spring um, and raises a whole ton of money. So. Well, that's fantastic. It's inspiring to hear about young people getting involved in their communities and getting involved uh, with community service projects and philanthropies. Again, it's Emily's Entourage for Cystic Fibrosis. Yes, Kobe, thank you so much uh, for your service and your work. Let's have a round of applause for everybody here at Tulane University. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.